Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Salakata back on the fan. 877-337-6666. Final hour of the show. EJ Stewart will take you through... The overnight starting at 2 a.m. We haven't mentioned DeAndre Hopkins, who was released by the Arizona Cardinals. And, of course, the speculation here starts to go to, oh, is he going to join the Jets? What about the Giants? I think he's a better fit. Now, Hopkins himself, and for the record, I have no problem with him um, wanting his way out of Arizona. They have been a mess of an organization there. I know Kingsbury out, but still. I mean, they they have been... um, you know, since they made that decision to hire Kingsbury, I've been down on the Cardinals. But Hopkins comes out and says he wants to go to a team with a quarterback who's going to buy in and make everybody better, and you know, um, be a good teammate. All those different things. A guy who wants, you know, basically taking shots at Kyler Murray, and then goes on to say that he wants a team with a great defense as well because defense wins championships. Here's what I'll say about Hopkins. I love him as a receiver. Now, I don't think he's as good as he once was. That happens to everybody. But he is still a top-level receiver. And I think he's a perfect fit for the Giants. I know the Jets have what he's looking for in the quarterback with Aaron Rodgers. Um, in the you know aspect of potentially having a great defense, I think the Jets are much, much closer to that than the Giants are at this particular point. But the Giants have a bigger need. The Giants have an excellent offensive coach in Brian Dable. The Giants do have a very good quarterback who is a team leader and a you know selfless player. The Giants did get to the second round of the postseason a year ago. They should have enough to be of interest to DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, not that it's going to be a make-or-break move, but he would be a nice upgrade for them at wide receiver. Not a difference maker, necessarily. I guess he's got the potential. But he would be a nice move for him. I don't... If I'm the Jets, I don't think I'd go that way. I know the Jets are talking about Odell. They don't need another receiver. Jets are fine. Now, look, unless Alex... uh, Alex. Unless uh, Aaron Rodgers goes out there and says, I want DeAndre Hopkins... I don't think I want to do that if I'm the Jets. The exact quote from Hopkins was a QB. This is where he wants to go play. What he wants is stable management upstairs. And he said he hasn't had that. Of course, he has not had that. Uh, A quarterback who loves the game, quarterback who brings everybody on board with him, pushes not just himself, but the people around him. I don't need a great QB. 
Uh, I've done uh, I've done it with a subpar QB. Just a QB who loves the game like I do and a great defense. I think defense wins championships. Great management, a QB who loves the game and a great defense. Oh, is that all? Guess what, DeAndre? Samesies. I want to root for a team with great management, a quarterback who loves the game, and a great defense. So I'm not sure if he has somebody specific in mind, but let's not make it like DeAndre Hopkins is still in his prime. Uh, he can be an impact player, sure. Difference maker, I don't know. But either the Jets or Giants should be interested. Giants more so because I think they have a clear need at the position. 877-337-6666. Let's reset a little bit as we were discussing the Yankees and Mets to start, to start the show. Mets get a big win, 5-2. They take the series opener in Colorado. And while it was great, to see the Mets get on the board early again. Another first inning uh, couple of runs for them with Francisco Lindor with a two-run shot. More importantly, how they got those two runs. And then the fact that Scherzer was able to go out there and shut down the Rockies in Colorado, which is a place that hasn't been kind to him. Matter of fact, his first career win in Colorado. So Lindor with the two-run homer. Scherzer goes seven innings, allowing just one earned run, striking out eight, not walking anybody, and you have to be encouraged. You could be frustrated with the lineup and not seeing Vientos in there, but you have to be encouraged with Max Scherzer's starts as of late, and you have to be excited about the idea of having Justin Verlander go tonight. You go from Scherzer to Verlander, all of a sudden, things change with the New York Mets where now they're looking like the team that they were supposed to be when they were built in the offseason on these two guys being the dominant pitchers that they have been in that rotation. And we just haven't seen it. As we now have hit Memorial Day weekend, we have not seen it. Remember the first time together in that rotation was against the Tigers in which the Mets got swept in that first week of May. And Scherzer wasn't good. You know, he hasn't been good all year when he's been there. Verlander obviously hasn't been there. The one time Scherzer was good, Verlander wasn't when he got beat by the Rays. And now you're finally starting to see it. Last time out, Scherzer was pretty good on... Sunday against the Guardians. And then you had, you know, Verlander Sunday night, of course, dominate in that doubleheader. And now you have it with Scherzer's next start, you know, tonight, uh, last night, doing the job against Colorado, you know, in that ballpark, as we said, it's been trouble for him. And now Verlander, chance to match or go further. Scherzer going seven innings. Verlander went eight last time out. What do we got in store for tonight? But that's something that has to have you excited as a Met fan, knowing that the way this team was built, it's finally now together in that rotation, and you hope it doesn't change here on out. I'd be more concerned about Kodai Senga in that rotation right now, really, than anything else. Even with Carrasco having a nice start on Thursday night after giving up a home run in the first inning, settling in to go six and two-thirds, you know, even with that start, that's encouraging that maybe you could get that from him. Five, six innings of competent baseball. And, you know, now you have something there. Kodai Senga, though, I just don't know. At times he could look dominant, and at others he could look erratic. 
allowing a ton of base runners, throwing a ton of pitches in just five innings of work like he did his last time out on six days rest. I'd like to see Senga pitch on normal rest, especially if he's going to have that type of result on six days rest. Can we get to see what he's going to be like on normal rest then? Because he's going to have to go to that anyway at some point, you would think. Anyway, Senga would be the concern on the rotation, but for right now, I think you have to be excited that the Mets might be starting to look like they did a year ago, even with losing two out of three in Chicago. Maybe this could be a series where they get some payback on Colorado and at the very least take two out of three before coming home to take on the Phillies in what is, you know, all these division series now are important series. What the amount of times that they now play within the division each game means that much more. And, you know, the Phillies are a, a team that's struggling, but we saw them struggle to start last year. And we haven't seen them yet this year head-to-head. Mets dominated them in the regular season, but the Phillies obviously went much further in the postseason. And right now, Phillies under five hundred. Um, you know, struggling, uh, you know, struggling here to start this year. So we'll see what uh, what's in store next week when the Mets do, in fact, return home, take on the Phillies. And then after that, they got the Blue Jays and then three with Atlanta. So it's good for the Mets now to have things clicking or getting to that level where they're starting to peak with Scherzer, Verlander in particular, and even throw in Lindor, who had a huge offensive night last night. Throw that in ahead of the Philly series and then the Brave series coming up. As well. As for the Yankees, we mentioned it, you know, with Soto doing the damage and Tatis doing the damage. The Padres stars were on full display getting the job done, and the Yankees didn't have an answer. Aaron Judge had a base hit, but he was 0 for 3, excuse me, uh, 1 for 4 with three strikeouts on the night. And without Stan in that lineup, they need Aaron Judge to be the guy. Problem is, you can't do that every single night. I mean, even if you're hitting 300 on the year and hitting a ton of home runs, you're not going to be able to get it done every single night. The Yankees had some opportunities. Um, 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position overall. Uh, you know, Bader came up in a big spot, IKF in a big spot. They didn't get the job done. You know, and if the Yankees aren't hitting home runs with those main guys in that lineup, Judge and Rizzo in particular, it's going to be tough to score some runs when you look at the bottom of the order. But even with that being said, I still would not worry about them at all in the regular season. And even with the eight-game deficit now in the AL East, I still am not worried about the Yankees. I, I believe that they will become better than Baltimore, who was a legit threat, no doubt about it. Baltimore's a legit team in the American League. But the Yankees will be better. They'll get better, and I think ultimately be better than both the Orioles and the Rays. Not to take away from them, I just think the Yankees where you project moving forward with guys coming back, whether it's Rodon, whether it is Stanton or Donaldson, whether it is guys getting better like Anthony Volpe, whether it's the bullpen guys coming back healthy, you know, Severino being an impact pitcher again for them in that rotation. The Yankees, to me, project to be the better team. Now, maybe the Rangers should be taken seriously. Rangers crushed the Orioles last night. Maybe we should start taking them more seriously as a threat. It's always just kind of the Astros and whoever else is in the AL East. We know it's nobody in the Central. But the Yankees still to me, and it's been like this for I mean at least since 2019. But maybe even since 2017. Where the biggest concern 
And until it's proven otherwise, it will remain the biggest concern when you're talking about the Yankees is the offense getting in to the postseason. What will the offense do in the playoffs in comparison to what they have done in the regular season? Because historically, the Yankees dominate offensively in the regular season, and then in the postseason, the offense does not match the production that they had in the regular season. And that, to me, has always been their biggest issue. I'm not saying they've had great pitching, because they haven't in postseason uh, past at times, but I do think that the biggest issue is the offense. And I also believe that this year they're set up to have the best pitching that they've had in a long time going into the postseason. Assuming Rodon is, in fact, real, and the chronic back issues will somehow allow him to pitch this year. But honestly, even without him, I still think Cole, Severino, Cortez, Herman, maybe one of the young guys, I still think that they're better set up now with that starting rotation going into October than they were in years past. 877-337-6666. Jack is calling from the west side. Jack? Hey, Sal. Um, this is getting regular again. Um, good good to get you. Um, so, you know, I was triggered by somebody talking about Lindor, uh, but I've also heard you talking a lot about Taylor, and I've got my 14-year-old going with friends tomorrow, so I'll cover whatever you prefer to hear first, you know? Are you going uh, to the Taylor Swift concert, or just your no, daughter's going uh, on her own? No, one of the moms is going with, I think, four girls. Um, and um, luckily, the the husband, I guess he's pretty good on the computer, so he just locked in, and I think he, it took him a couple hours, but he was able to get, you know, some upper decks for face value. Face value is uh, 140 bucks, which isn't what I paid to go to concerts when I was her age, but, but uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, um, she's she's thrilled. She's thrilled. By the way, and, uh, you, you could you could sell those tickets. I mean, I'm sure she would never sell it for anything, but I'm sure she could sell that ticket for you know a thousand bucks more than what you paid for it, which to me is insane. And I've heard stories, horror stories, about people who tried to go online and get them, had them kicked out of the car, like all sorts of things. I cannot believe, Jack, the craze. I get it. Taylor Swift's a major star. I get it. I can't believe the craze that she could sell out MetLife freaking stadium three nights in a row, and the demand is still through the roof. Yeah, no, it's, it's insane. Um, you know, they, I think the, the dad told me a week ago that it, 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 I think that he said he could get a 1000 for him. I think he even offered his daughter. Said, "Look, you know, you know, we'll split five. You know, we'll, we'll split it with you if you want to sell them. But the the kids want to go. So, you know, I, I went to. You know, I was I was I, when I was a kid, I read every checked every edition of the Post because they would announce in a little box that the Yankees or the Mets were putting tickets on sale. And I'd go down to the 34th Street station and drop a postcard right in the mail. And I'd sit in the upper deck for you know. Uh, I saw Seaver and Catfish when I was a kid in in, in '73." Um, and I, you know, I, 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 I got in the garden and, uh, for, you know, Kareem's last night and I'd stand online for, uh, you know, a, uh, cancellation seat and for 60 bucks, you know, I'd get a, an excellent seat. So, you know, it, it's a different world with the kids today with these, uh, you know, even at face value, 140 bucks for the last row. Um, and on Springsteen really quickly, you know, in his day, Bruce is 75 years old now, but when he, he did like 10 shows in a row at the old giant stadium and I took a, a girlfriend once, and I'm telling you, for three and a half, four hours, everybody was singing every word. 
the upper the upper deck was just shaking the whole night long, and and it was a great time. So, uh, you know, it yeah, he's just he's just never been. I, I've heard he does a great show. I just don't get it. All all the fuss, all the hype. Like for me, I take Billy Joel over Bruce any day of the week, and I don't know if that's just because I'm from Long Island. Uh, like I said, Bruce has a couple of, of songs that I I like. Um, Santa Claus is coming to town is one of them. Um, and I forget the name of the other one, but it was a, it was a non Christmas song. Um, Jersey yeah. Girl maybe is a good one that I like. But anyway, I just never I don't get the hype. People go nuts for the guy, and I'm not saying he's not good. Uh, he's great, obviously, what he does. But I don't understand the over the top like, oh my god, I love Bruce. I'm obsessed with Bruce. Bruce has the same impact on 45 year olds and above that Taylor Swift has on 14 year olds. I don't understand that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't know. I think um, both Billy and Bruce have the catalog, so there's definitely there's diversity. There's something for everybody. But I also think there's a big part of the person being one of your own. For Jersey, for Long Island, I think the, the way people identify with someone who represents where they came from, who speaks to their life experience, it's, it runs pretty deep. And for these kids, I mean, for my daughter, I mean, they live and die with this. I mean, they, they to them, Taylor speaks their language, you know, and so it's, it's a... You can't, you know, you can't argue with it. Um, and that's a lot of time, but I, I, quickly on the Mets, if we can, obviously it's great to see the starting rotation stabilizing. Mean, I think that's obviously key. But, um, you know, I'm as critical about Lindor as anybody. I did not like the 10-year deal um, when they did that. Um, and I think we've all known that he's had an inconsistent first third, 52 games, right? Um, but uh, after what he did last year, play, and, and every day playing pretty much an elite shortstop, the idea of a shortstop driving in, and he's on a pace to, for another 120 runs batted in this year, and he hasn't even really hit con- with consistency yet. So who knows what his next two-thirds will be like. But I just think to play an elite defensive position and drive in runs like that is elite, and I just don't think there are many guys who do it uh, and do it regularly. He hasn't been the guy he was in Cleveland. He hasn't hit 280. He hasn't hit 80 extra base hits. But if he's going to give us 120 RBIs, and, and and make sure that he makes those plays, uh, elite plays at shortstop. I'll give him his money, no problem. Yeah, but and look, he is he does have a big contract, Jack. And thank you for taking the time to call. Good to hear from you as always. He does have a big contract, but don't let that ma- doesn't matter. We're not paying him. What do you care about that? Fans are going to get caught up in the three hundred plus million or whatever. There's an expectation that comes along with it. I understand that he will never be that type of player to warrant that type of contract when you compare him to the great power hitters in the game. He was overpaid at the time. And the market changed. You know, the Mets paid him. They took the chance of paying him ahead of what the market was going to be. And they ended up, you know, overpaying him. You could have gotten him way less. Lindor would not have gotten what the Mets gave him on the open market. But they had to make that move at the time. And it's not like it's a bad contract. It's just a little bit of an overpay. But don't let that get you caught up in the fact that he's not a star player because he is. Now, he has not been consistently good for the Mets throughout his now two-plus years. That's the issue. Bad first year, so automatically bad taste in everybody's mouth. Very, very good, if not great year a year ago. Building back all the goodwill. You know, he became more of a, um, I don't know. I, I hate to, I don't think he's a leader necessarily in the clubhouse, but 
he he seemed to be more mature, more focused, uh, happier. A veteran? Uh, he, he seemed to get it last year um, and, and turn the corner a little bit. And now, you know, when you have Lindor this year, it's kind of a mix of both where there's been some good and some bad. The guy plays the field every single day. He or takes the takes the field every single day. Is in a lineup every single day. That that counts for something. He's an excellent defensive player. He is driving in runs. He still hits for some power. You know, and he's going to hit 25 homers when the year is over. At least he'll hit over 20. Usually, you would think between 20, 25, and, and a great year, maybe a little bit more than that. But he, he's a very good player. They need him to be more consistent. And when he's going hot, then you feel the star power in Lindor. Unfortunately, he hasn't done that often enough since he's been here. But last year was a very good year, and this year's kind of in between, which is disappointing because you give a big contract like that, you're supposed to be the best player on your team, the most impactful player on your team. And while he is one of them, you know, Jack's point, he's definitely one of them. The Mets basically had, you know, Last year was three stars. Marte, Alonzo, Lindor. This year, Nimmo is one of their offensive stars and just a star in general. Marte is not even close to that level yet. Alonzo's been there as far as the power goes, and Lindor's driving in runs and playing great defense, but he's not playing up to his potential completely, consistently. That's the issue and the frustrating part with him. 877 Three three seven sixty six sixty six. We'll continue with your calls on the other side. Whatever you have on your mind on this now Saturday morning Memorial Day weekend, we're going to two a.m. It's Salakata on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's 
Salicata back on the fan. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. What the hell happened to all the callers? You guys don't want to call and talk about the Mets and Yankees anymore? All right, I'm getting out of here soon. See ya! Um, the NBA, we haven't really touched on a lot of that, but I am fascinated to see what happens in this series as you'll have now game six tonight uh, back in Miami where... Things have gotten interesting here with the Heat going up three games to O, not being able to close out the Celtics in game four. And, man, I really am kicking myself for not getting on those odds. I just haven't been actively looking at lines or anything like that um, since the Knicks have been out of it, and the Rangers for that matter. But I am kicking myself because if there's ever a scenario where a team would come back from down 0-3, it would be this one, right? Because the Heat aren't really that good. I mean, obviously they're good. They're one win away from going to the NBA Finals, and they may very well punch their ticket later on tonight. But it's you know they, they were an eight seed for a reason, and the Celtics are, I would think we'd all agree, the more talented team. They may not be as well-coached. Maybe they don't play as hard consistently, but they're the more talented team. Plus, they still have games five and seven at home. So down 0-3, you feel like it's insurmountable, but all of a sudden, if you somehow win game four, which they did, now it's like, well, we're not losing again at home after dropping the first two. Plus, they're the better team, like I said. So they win game five. Those two have happened, and now it really comes down to one game because and I, and I get that anything could happen in a Game 7, regardless of where it's being played. But you'd have to think. And Jimmy Butler goes out there and basically guarantees that Miami's going to win Game 6. You'd have to think, much like what we saw with the Red Sox in 2004, if the Celtics can somehow get this one tonight, and there is going to be all the pressure in the world on Miami, because you could say that there's pressure on Boston, the big favorites going into the series, but the reality is once you go down 0-3, all the pressure is off. Now the pressure is on Miami to prevent one of the all-time choke jobs. And if Miami doesn't close out the series tonight, and I don't think they're going to. I mean, look, they might. My, my gut is telling me that the Boston Celtics is going to come back and win this series. If they don't win tonight at home in a game where Jimmy Butler basically guaranteed they were going to win with a 3-2 series lead, can you th- envision, like, do you really think they're going to go back to Boston for a game seven and win that on the road? No way. You know, I say no way, don't take it literally. Like, of course, there's a way. Two teams playing a game, anything could happen, as we've learned. But come on. So I'm fascinated by this game six. This, to me, is the series. Boston's not going to lose a game seven at home. Will Miami miss an opportunity to close out the Celtics and become one of the big, biggest you know, choke artists in NBA history, blowing an 0-3 or a 3-0 lead, potentially? Knicks had an opportunity to extend their series in round two against Miami, of course, in the same scenario. Uh, It was a Friday night a couple of weeks back, and the Knicks could not stave off elimination and send it back to 
you know, the garden for a game seven. So can Boston do what the Knicks couldn't? That will be the big question. So we have that to look forward to. You know, of course, the baseball this weekend where the Mets will continue their series in Colorado. Verlander on the mound for them tonight. You have the Yankees continuing their series against the Pods. Yanks and Pods uh, at the stadium. I hate the fact that the yeah, you get Severino going tomorrow for the Yankees. I hate the fact that the Mets are off on Memorial Day. You know, remember what Memorial Day is. We mentioned it yesterday where we remember those that lost their lives serving the country. And while we do that, it is, you know, the, kind of the unofficial start to summer. Summer doesn't officially start to like June, right? It's the unofficial start to the summer. And people barbecue and pool parties and all that stuff. And generally, baseball is a part of that. And you just hate, it feels like the last couple of years, where you haven't had the Mets or Yankees playing on Memorial Day or 4th of July, or if they were, it was a weird start time. Just looking ahead now, so the Mets off on Memorial Day Monday, which sucks. Yankees playing a 940 game, which also kind of sucks because that's when everybody's getting ready to go back to work. Monday night, Memorial Day, you know, Memorial Day night, you're getting, you're in bed. You're getting, you know, giving the kids baths. All right, we got. Is there school tomorrow? Yeah, this still school, right? You got school tomorrow, or you got work tomorrow early. Nine forty, Yanks getting started. Just a weird, weird start time. I remember and, last. Uh, excuse me, Sal. I, I mean, remember. I, I remember last year the Yankees didn't play on July fourth. Well, that's what I was talking about. Exactly. They, yeah, and uh, well, hold on. Now I lost my train of thought. But yes, they they did not play during the. Uh, I remember that schedule where both teams were. As I was just saying before, Manny. Not sure if you heard that, but they were. They've had a weird schedule. Where they both should be playing on July fourth. Anyway, it's the combination of the Mariners, you know, Yankees playing in Seattle and having that late start time, and the Mets being off on the same day, which is just a weird thing. And then you look at July fourth. As we look at the Yankees will be playing a an afternoon game, which is nice, one o'clock against the Orioles. That'll be a fun series as the Orioles are in town for four um that fourth of July week. And you know, July fourth is on a Tuesday this year. So the Yankees will be playing at one o'clock and the Mets will be playing at four. Okay, so you have a normal fourth of July, but the Mets and Yankees, really any team, like I said, baseball I was saying before, baseball should be playing. Every single team should be playing on both Memorial Day and Fourth of July. I don't understand why they wouldn't be. 877-337-6666. Don is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Don? Hey, Sal. Uh, first, I want to wish you a happy anniversary. Thank you, Don. I appreciate that. And I want to tell you how much I really enjoy, first off, your radio work and also your television work. Well, thank um, you, Don. I, I appreciate that and, even and, more than the anniversary wishes. Uh, well, the anniversary wishes are going to be long Longer felt than your than your uh, radio job, hopefully. Yeah, I was um, going to say, you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have an ex-wife, um, so um, I think Lindor was fine. I think that the, the contract is fine. Like you say, I'm not paying it. What's the difference? Um, but they had to sign him to give some credibility to the new owner. 
Correct. It was at the time, Don, and that's what we were talking about before, where let's just rewind a little bit. I didn't even want the Mets to make that trade. Not that I didn't like Lindor, because I did, but I thought that there were better options available, whether it was go-signing JT Realmuto, trading for uh, Nolan Arenado, signing George Springer. I would have rather have done any of those three moves than trading for Lindor because I felt the Mets had a shortstop in Andres Jimenez at the time. Anyway, they chose to go all in on Lindor, so they trade Jimenez and Rosario. No big deal. They get the star player, which they had to do. And then you're right, because if you remember, Don, it seems hard to believe now, but there were still some fans who were still scarred with the Mets' previous ownership, thinking that even though they traded for Lindor, they were going to lose him once he hit free agency at the end of the year. That was the that was the take by a lot of fans. So to calm that talk down and, and prove to everybody that things have changed, there's a new sheriff in town, Steve Cohen and the Mets went out there and gave Lindor a huge contract. And that's why I think they traded for him, so that they could do that, so that they could be with Rosario and him. There was no proof of uh, meet, the, you know, meet the new boss, different than the old boss. Um, but so they had to do that, and maybe signing signing Real Muto or trading for someone else would have been secondary or also accepted. And Real, and let's face it, currently Lindor is the best shortstop in in New York. Well, I mean, you're talking about him versus a rookie, yeah, and and, and uh, <laughs> it's a, it's not a comparison. Now, I like Volpe as a player, but yeah, and that's not a comparison. And thank you for the call, Don. And I do appreciate the the kind words and the anniversary wishes. And I'll tell you the truth, I do appreciate you saying I'm good on the radio and TV a lot more than I do the happy anniversary. And it's just the facts. And it's not again nothing against my wife or the anniversary, but come on. I mean, this is what I do. Put it this way. I've been doing this a lot longer than I've been with my wife. Started 20 years ago. Heck, I've even been on air longer than I met my wife. Uh, anyway, enough about that. Look, Lindor's a great player. It's, I didn't want to say it's, he, he, it can be frustrating because of the slow starts, but Lindor has proven enough to where you got to trust he's going to get going. And he'll get hot at some point and carry this team for a few weeks and then consistently finish strong. And I do trust him in big spots. You need to see him get it done a little bit more often. He will, much like the Yankees players for many years, he will be judged on what he does in the postseason. That's what happens in this town. Now that the Mets are expected to be a postseason team with the new rules, with the highest payroll, their players are going to be judged on not what they do in May or June. Now they have to do it to be able to get to October, but they will be judged on what they do in the postseason. That's just how it works around here. The one thing you have to love about Lindor, not only is he obviously a good player, he plays every day. He See, he's the exact opposite of a guy like Vogelback. And I'm not talking in the idea that he plays every day because apparently Vogelback is in the lineup every day too. But I'm talking about in regards to being a baseball player. Francisco Lindor plays Baseball. He runs the bases well. Switch hitter can hit for, um, you know, a decent average. Obviously, right now it's not there, but you know, he should be hitting two sixty or so, two seventy. 
He can hit with power. So speed on the base pads, hit with power, can drive in runs, excellent defensive player, has a passion for the game, a love for the game, student of the game. These are all great things about Francisco Lindor that you don't just look at a guy and say, well, he's got to hit 50 home runs to be worth $341 million. It doesn't work like that. He's an all-around ball player. And you know, remember, Sandy Alderson was the one making these moves at the time. And you can say what you will about the Lindor trade, and I don't think it's a – I don't think you could criticize it. They got a superstar player, and if you – easy to forget now, but the feel back then, forget about losing him, the feel when they got Lindor was, wow, the Mets just went out there and got one of the best players available, which hadn't happened in years. So that was a big move, you know, the gourmet section stuff, where Sandy messed up that go-around – was not waiting on JT Realmuto. He didn't want to wait on Realmuto for whatever reason. And he went after James McCann. And I, at the time, thought, all right, not a big deal. I prefer Realmuto, but I'll trust Sandy here and say that maybe he didn't think he could get Realmuto, maybe he didn't want to be held up for the most money. But I thought McCann had a chance to grow and could have been a good player. Turns out McCann is just a terrible baseball player. And the one good year that he had was a total aberration because he's not a good ball player. And that was a bad contract. And Sandy made a couple of those mistakes. But the Real Muto one in particular, you know, I wanted Springer as well. But the Real Muto one in particular was a problem. And now it doesn't matter because the Mets got Alvi, Francisco Alvarez. Not only one of the best offensive catchers in baseball, or just one of the best catchers in baseball already, he's become one of the best offensive players for the Mets. We talk about Alonzo Lindor. You know, if you guys want to knock Buck on something, we had a caller before talking about how he didn't like that, you know, Buck plays Vogel back all the time and, you know, something else. He was talking about with the, the pitching, I think it was with Buck. I forget now, but with, you know, Vogel back in there specifically. If you want to knock Buck on something with that lineup, one clear thing right now is that Francisco Alvarez should not be hitting ninth. I know why he's doing it, similar to why the Yankees had Volpe starting the year hitting ninth. Alvarez right now has, first of all, he looks locked in, and he has gotten that average up to 263 on the year. How many Mets in the starting lineup do you think have an average higher than 263? Not Tommy Pham. It's not Daniel Vogelback. It's not Starling Marte. No, and even, you know, let's go bench guys. Not Escobar, not Vientos, not Beatty, not Alonzo, not Lindor. Two guys, Nimmo and Jeff McNeil. Two guys you would expect. Those are the only two guys that have a higher average than Francisco Alvarez. And, I mean, that it's, look, he's got to be moved up in the lineup at some point. I'm not saying you got to do it tomorrow, but at some point soon, how can you possibly justify keeping him in the nine hole when the guys in between Alonzo and him aren't as good? And, look, even if you want to keep Beatty and Marte where they are, You've you've got to move him ahead of Vogelback and Fam in last night's lineup, for example. Now, what Buck would say is that 
Vogelback's a guy who's not going to drive in anybody. He's a guy that's going to get on in front of Alvarez or Pham. But in reality, Alvarez has got to be up in that order. You want to go lefty, righty, lefty, righty, and then that's why Beatty's going to protect Alonzo. Really, Marte should be moved down, and Alvarez should be behind Beatty. At the worst, he should be hitting sixth. 877-337-6666. We'll continue with your calls. We'll finish up, as a matter of fact, with your calls on the other side. Whatever it is you want to discuss on this now Saturday morning, Memorial Day weekend, Yanks, Mets, Taylor Swift, other concerts, DeAndre Hopkins, anything that you got for me in the final 15 minutes or so of the show before we say goodbye for the week. 877-337-6666. Sal Akata on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Salakata back on the fan goal at 2 a.m. EJ Stewart will take you through the overnight on this Saturday morning, Memorial Day weekend. So I got the text, as I said earlier, from Home Depot. Your delivery, you know, the 40 bags of mulch or whatever it is, will be there between 6 a.m. and 8 p.m. Do you believe that? I mean, what a freaking window that is. I'm not going to let it ruin my day, though. I already got plans. I got to go to Target in the morning. Got to go a little last-minute food shopping for the barbecues that we're going to have this weekend. Make sure the grill's ready to go. I always forget. I mean, you know, I, I barely know how to grill, but I'm trying to learn to become a little bit better here. I got to make sure the propane is full. It's like, should be good because I think I redid it last year. They last, right? I hope so. I had it all fall winter, but, you know, now you put it back on. Should be some gas in there, I would think. Anyway, I got I got to fire that up. I got a lot to do. I want to clean out the garage this week. This is a nice stay-home weekend, get stuff done, and then Sunday, little anniversary dinner with my wife. Looking forward to that. Should be fun. I'm going to be back Monday to work, even though I'm going to have a nice uh, go to my sister's house Monday, hang out uh, for a little bit, probably in the pool or whatever. Uh, and then we have the show Monday night will be on, I think it's 6.30, if I'm not mistaken. It's either 6 or 6.30 to 9 o'clock as we go to the Yankee broadcast, but I'm, I'm excited for the weekend and I'm really excited to see if I can handle all this mulch that's coming my way. Hector is calling from Washington Heights. Hector. So what is going on, my brother? So I'm not closing tonight, going? huh? Good. Well, you might, you might be, I mean, it depends how long I want to take you for, but you might be closed right now. It's me and you buddy. That's it. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Sounds like fun. Good. I, I'll start with this as you were just talking about lineup um, configuration and all that. And I've been talking about this for a little while now with a few people. They think I'm crazy when I initially say it. But how about, besides what you're saying, move Alvarez up to either fifth or sixth. Him and Baby should be fifth or sixth. Unless 
to do a few other things. But how about dropping Monte the ninth? And doing what, you know, teams talked about doing for a little while and having like that double leadoff, which I don't really know how that works, but whatever. I'm going to try with him with the speed and put him down there and, 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 and move all these other guys up. I mean, I, I know, and I know you're going to have to end up sticking in the, you know, fam or, or Canada, which one of those guys is playing that day in the eighth spot. Um, but what do you think about that? I don't love it. I, I know why you would say it. Two things. Number one, and, and let's see if you know this answer. I mean, what's one reason why you wouldn't do that based on knowing what you know about Starling Marte? That he doesn't want to be moved around. So what? Have another conversation. Right. right. Well, I'm just saying he he doesn't want to be moved around. So they've already, he doesn't want to be moved around. He just wants to know where he's going to be hitting in the order. So I'm assuming they had the conversation. Hey, look. You know, I love you. You were great for us last year. You're not getting the job done. We got to move you down. So now they lock him in, and he's in that sixth spot. That's one of the reasons. But really, Hector, I just think he's fine in that sixth spot. I'm not opposed to what you're saying, but you you can't. At least I can't justify having Fam or Canna or anybody else, for that matter, Vogelback hitting in front of Starling Marte. No, I can I mean, I'm hoping that eventually we get someone else in there. There, I say maybe a Mauricio or something like that, but I don't want to go crazy with that. We'll see what happens. There's rumors that he may or may not be coming up soon. Um, but I'm just thinking about just making the lineup even that much deeper than it already kind of is with these kids in there. Um, and that leads me to this whole Vogel back at Vientos thing. But before that, man, great win today. Great win today. Hopefully Max has figured it out. Hopefully he's feeling good. And he is, let's say, I'm not, I don't want to say healthy, right, but fairly healthy that he can give us a good season and be that Mac that you and I fell in love with after hating him. For, I don't want to say hate. After disliking him for so long, being on the other side, right? Um, and shout out to Lindor, who I'm very critical of. Home, yeah, he has these great numbers and stuff, but I would like to see him be more consistent. I don't say that he's not good. Just can you be a little bit more consistent? Um, but shout out to him today. Pretty much put the team on his back led us to a victory. I would like to see him do that for a week or two, every now and then. You know, and, and not only him, P2. Take turns. P puts on your back for a week, then Lindo puts on your back for a week. Um, yeah, but this whole well, back thing and Funk is driving me crazy, Sal. I don't understand what happened with baseball where people are going to tell me that the game I've loved and watched and played since I can remember, since I was like seven years old, it's not what it is because of these stupid numbers that they create for these guys to tell me that Daniel Vogelback is good. I don't care what the numbers say. This dude is no good. And earlier today, I was, I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, Sal. I was like, you know what? Maybe base this guy for a week. Because you know what I'm tired of, too, Sal? I'm tired of guys leaving and figuring it out. So I said, maybe well, They're not going to bench him. They're, they're not going to bench him. Here's the thing, Hector. And as always, <laughs> I appreciate the call and appreciate the passion. I'm sorry I got to let you go. We have a special guest on the line here. That's going to close us, uh, close it out this time, actor. Not you, sorry. But Vogelback is just not good at playing baseball. It's pretty simple. Buck has to know that. He's smart enough to know that. The Mets front office want to give you the data against righties. The guy's going to get on base and walk and maybe get you a single. He's terrible at playing baseball. At some point, they will realize that I have been right all along, and they will move on from Daniel Vogelback. And at that point... I will finally take them seriously. But the reason why you're seeing Vogelback and not Vientos is because Buck doesn't like Vientos. Now, 
I am surprised to see my old pal on the line, one of my on-air idols, Sidney Rosenberg. Hey, what's up, Slappy? Happy anniversary to you and your love. Yes, Sid, go ahead. Um, Favorite uh, way to have hot dogs, on the grill or boiled? You don't sound anything like Sid. And also, what's your favorite hot dog brand? You don't sound anything like Sid. You got to do a better impression than I that. I think it's the al- I have allergies right now. Danielle's actually nudging me. My favorite brand, Hebrew National. <laughs> don't you? Aren't you? Come on! I thought you'd do a better one see than what this. I did there? No, I didn't see what you did there. <laughs> and why I'm are not... the Yankees playing the San Diego Padres on Memorial Day? Is it because they're mustard colored? What I mean, what is going on with the interleague play? I mean, couldn't they divide those games up to the Central and the Western Division is in each league? Why Why are we seeing extra interleague games? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know, but this is a bad sit impression. Is there ever a good one? <laughs> yeah, that, now, that's a good question, and thanks for the call. If you're going to come on, you got to give a better impression than that. Now, I want to get Hector back on the line. I'm a ballpark Frank guy myself. I mean, I'm, I don't discriminate when it comes to hot dogs. Matter of fact, my favorite hot dog ever, probably Fenway Franks. And those I could only get. One of my buddies in Boston used to get them and then would bring them down. Anytime he would come down for the summer, those I love. Fenway Franks, you could get them in some store up there. You know, we can't get them down here. But here, ballpark Franks are my favorite. I know this is probably like the least popular hot dog. Nathan's or Sabret or Boar's Head. I think I grew up on Boar's Head, but I don't know. For some reason, I love ballpark hot dogs. But I'm more now, I mean, I guess I'll have a hot dog, but more so I'm about the burgers for the grill. And, you know, those are the, you know, I'm starting to to make my way here. Anybody could grill a hot dog up. Burgers, I'm starting to learn. You know, that's kind of easy too. The chicken is where, and, and again, that's not difficult, but if you're a beginner like me, you have to learn, you know, the temperatures that the grill's got to be heated on, when to flip it, you know, when it's done, all that stuff. And obviously that's, uh, you know, something that's trial and error. So a lot of stuff is going to be fed to Maddox, our dog. Live and learn. But anyway, I'm I'm looking forward to the barbecue. Although I might be biting off more than I could chew with all the mulch and then the cooking this weekend. There's a ton of stuff that, uh, that I got going on. Too much stuff. And now we've wrapped up a long week of shows and look forward to the weekend and hope everybody uh, enjoys their weekend, whatever it is that you're doing on this Memorial Day weekend. And we'll be back Monday right ahead of the Yankee game. So we'll have the, let's see, we got the weekend to react to, but the Mets will be off on that Monday. See if the Yanks can get a couple of wins here against the Pods. See if the Mets can finish off these Rockies here and maybe pay them back and get a sweep. We'll know where we're at as far as the Heat and Celtics go uh, as they play tonight in Game 6. As we mentioned before, a... You know, a, a huge game, obviously, but a game where you could be looking at some history here. If the Celtics get this win, getting that thing back for a game seven to Boston and becoming, uh, you know, a team to be able to come back from down 0-3 and knock off the Heat. So 
Yeah, there's a lot to look forward to, but again, the most important thing is that you stay safe this Memorial Day weekend and enjoy whatever it is that you have going on. And remember why we are, you know, why Memorial Day is so important. Remembering those who lost their lives fighting for this country. Because I do think that gets lost and everybody's excited about the barbecues, and I'm guilty of it as well. But take a minute to think about those that have lost their lives, sacrificing their lives for us in this country. All right, that does it for us. Thanks to Connor Green. Thanks to Manny Rodriguez. Thanks to everybody who listened and called. I appreciate each and every one of you. Stay safe. Enjoy the weekend. Wish me luck with that freaking mulch. I'll see you guys Monday, 6 o'clock. EJ Stewart is coming up next. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.